What's eating you this summer? How to keep insects and spiders from making you sick. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be discussing how to keep those biting, stinging pests from causing you health problems. Sometimes a mosquito bite can be an itchy, irritating problem, and sometimes a tick or spider bite can be really uncomfortable. But when can these actually cause significant threats to your health, and what can you do about it? That's what we'll be discussing this week on Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us this afternoon on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. So, so Dr. Forrest, what types of insects and spiders can actually make you sick? Well, first of all, we have the most bothersome of all, in my opinion, which are mosquitoes. Amen. Uh, Mosquitoes transmit all sorts of diseases. And I think about them sort of like little flying hypodermic needles. Uh, They can transmit brain diseases called encephalitis, malaria, and even Zika, which I'm sure you've heard of before. Mm -hmm. And you just cannot change, you know, what diseases they carry. But you can do your best to avoid getting bitten. And when traveling to foreign countries, make sure that you've checked the CDC online map showing where malaria is as well. The second sort of creepy crawly we have to be concerned about are ticks. They transmit more than a dozen diseases in our state, with Rocky Mountain spotted fever being the most dangerous. They also can transmit Lyme disease and a lesser known illness called ehrlichiosis, which is actually fairly common. And, you know, next we have spiders. Spiders are are mostly harmless, uh, but bites, even with the harmless spiders, can get infected by bacteria like staph infections or strep infections. And sometimes that needs to be treated with uh, antibiotics. And some spiders have a venom that is toxic to humans. And we're also going to discuss those more later in the program. And lastly, we're going to talk about flying insects and stinging insects like bees, wasp, yellow jackets, and now, of course, the murder hornets. Uh, And uh, these don't normally make most people sick, even when they're stung, other than some temporary pain and redness in the affected area. However, there are people that are very allergic to stings from bees and insects, uh, the class we call Hymenoptera. So, Dr. Forrest, how can people prevent bites from mosquitoes and ticks? Well, you know, using repellents is one of the most effective things you can do. However, for children and some people with sensitivity to them, repellents can do more harm than good. Um, First of all, you you don't want to use something that's not effective. So generally, this means you want to use something with either a higher concentration of DEET or another substance called picardin. And several brands have been found to work, including the Deep Woods Off, Sawyer, and Cutter, And in some studies, the newer plant-derived repellents like picardin have been shown to be equally effective to DEET, and those are a lot better tolerated with less side effects in some cases, uh, especially in children. Uh, The odor, you know, is not as much of a human repellent (laughs) as well because that doesn't smell quite as bad as DEET, (laughs) And, uh, and contact has not been shown to have some of those effects. Personally, I would avoid any DEET products in children under 12 um, and I would only use the picardin-based repellents for my own family. Uh, the repellents can reduce bites substantially, but if you are going to be out into a mosquito-prone area, you may still get some bites. And, you know, for mosquitoes, there are certain times of day that you really want to avoid, like dusk. That's when they are the most active and they stay away and then stay away from those areas, you know, where they may be concentrated, like bush, bushes or thick foliage. 
Um, you know, I've been around uh, doing yard work and things like that. And if, uh, if you're doing that yard work into the end of the day, right as the sun's starting to go down and you're anywhere around landscaping like bushes, uh, you know, you'll really get eat up by the mosquitoes. So that's not the time of day you want to be out there. And one of the things you can do to help decrease them uh, is to find and pour out any areas of standing water around your house. You know, if rain accumulates in small puddles, uh, in old tires, bird baths, or anything else that might hold a shallow pool of water, that really allows the mosquitoes the ability to reproduce and you get sort of a swarm of them there. There are also products which you can buy called dunks. And the dunks, you can actually throw those into water and it helps prevent the uh, breeding of mosquitoes as well. For ticks, when you're in a heavily wooded area or high grass, you want to make sure you wear light colored clothing. And if you're wearing long pants, you can also tuck those into your socks, um, especially if you're going to be in a tick infested area for a long time. All right, Doc, it's time for our Access Health Tip of the Week. Our tip of the week this week is brought to you by We Care Pharmacy of Apex. They are a local pharmacy that delivers in the Triangle area and will price match on the cost of generic drugs, all while exhibiting outstanding customer service. You can reach them at 919-629-6010. You can also send them an email to rph at wecareofapex.com. And our tip of the week this week is that you know, many people use insects repellents that you spray or rub on your skin, but did you know there's actually a type of protection like that that can be built into your clothing? There are several brands of clothing uh, that are geared for people who are outdoors a lot that have insect repellents actually built into the fabric. They go by names such as Insect Shield or Bug Off. Uh, you can find them at many online or retail store- stores that sell outdoor gear. There are also um, sprays that you can apply to regular clothing which are usually permethrin based. Uh, It is very important though that you only apply that to clothing that you're not currently wearing and that you allow it to thoroughly dry because you don't want wet permethrin directly on your skin. Uh, You know, once it's dry, it's safe for humans, but again, you wanna make sure anything you put that on is completely dry. Uh, So if you know you're going to be in a mosquito or tick infected area, next time you might want to wear your repellent rather than having to put it on your skin. Dr. Brian Forrest is a board-certified family physician. His office, Access Healthcare, is in Apex. Dr. Forrest, if people would like more information about today's topic or about perhaps another health-related topic or maybe find out information about your practice there in Apex, where can they find that? If listeners want to send uh, general non-emergent questions, uh, they can send those to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. If they want to listen to an on-demand podcast of the show, maybe they miss something or they want a family member to be able to hear it, uh, they can listen to an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com. We also download those uh, podcasts onto the landing page at AccessHealthRadio.com as well. All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. Straight ahead, more about spiders and some diseases from ticks that you will want to avoid. We'll give you all that information straight ahead here on Access Health Radio. Welcome back. This is Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. We are talking about the things that are eating you this summer, namely uh, ticks, uh, spiders, bugs, uh, that uh, tell you how to 
prevent that, what to do if you do get a bite. And a board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest, with us. And uh, Dr. Forrest, let's talk about spiders for a minute. Here in North Carolina, what spiders do we have to worry about that uh, could actually uh, cause us some harm? Well, black, black widow spiders are very common in North Carolina, and they're easy to recognize by the red hourglass shape on their underside. Uh, however, you don't want to necessarily pick one up and turn it over to look. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, so, so generally, if you see a dark black spider, uh, you know, you can a lot of times maneuver around in such a way as you can see that red hourglass without actually turning them over. Uh, and it's not visible on the males. Um, and black widow spiders have a very painful bite. It can cause severe abdominal pain, fever, and chills, uh, as well as cramps. And, and they can be deadly. Although it's rare, they, they can be deadly. Uh, typically, their webs look really messy, and they can be found in basements, outdoor structures like storage buildings, uh, wood piles, barns, things like that. And if you are bitten by a black widow, you should seek medical attention immediately at an emergency room. Uh, because, like I say, although it's unusual, their bites can actually kill people. Uh, periodically checking and clearing structures of these uh, can help reduce the likelihood of a nasty bite. And again, you never want to try to handle one of these spiders uh, with your bare hands. Um, you know, I was on a, a walk recently at night and I, I saw something look like a, a black spider. And I'm like, well, that's unusual. Um, and I actually did see it was a, a black widow. I took a picture on my phone, but, uh, you know, now that we have zoom on the phone, I didn't get within, uh, within a foot of him. So, uh, I want to be careful <laughs> about that. Um, and the second type of dangerous spider in North Carolina is called the Brown recluse. And these spiders are small. They're usually found on, um, they're usually not found on webs and they have a small shape of a violin on their back. Uh, again, I don't know that you necessarily want to get so close that you can see the violin, but um, their bite is not often noticed initially. Unlike the black widow, which you would feel and you'd have pain, uh, the, the brown recluse can bite you and really not be that painful. Um, but they can result in large ulcers and actually cause destruction of the skin and surrounding tissues. And the problem is sometimes you don't know if you've been bitten by a brown recluse. Uh, because it doesn't hurt immediately. And so sometimes you don't see anything for several days and then you see a black ulcer. And uh, the spiders are called recluse for a reason. Um, Normally, they don't want to be around people. You normally aren't going to see them. Uh, And they're normally going to be in secluded places like crawl spaces and things like that. But, you know, I've had patients that, you know, did work underneath houses and they would show up at the office with large black ulcers on their skin. They never knew they were bitten. Um, but surely it was probably a brown recluse that had done that. So other spider bites can be painful or also lead to infection, but they're usually not dangerous. Uh, But if you have a bite that becomes red or painful, uh, you should see a physician to have it evaluated because sometimes those will require antibiotics to treat skin infections called cellulitis that can result from the bacteria actually getting into the bites. And an untreated infection like that could also be be very dangerous, especially if you got uh, a staph infection in that. So, Dr. Forrest, we've done everything we can to avoid these spiders. <laughs> we don't want to get close, but we do get a bite anyway. What can be done for black widow and brown recluse bites? For a black widow bite, uh, the first thing you need to do is put some ice or a cold pack on it. Uh, stay calm. You want to try to bring the dead spider, if you can, uh, safely do so. 
and get to the emergency room as soon as you can. Uh, you could start to get really severe symptoms in as little as 30 minutes, and you do not want to wait until those start. Um, at the ER, uh, you know, they're going to closely monitor you. And if your breathing becomes difficult or if they think that this is really heading in a bad direction or you might die, then they can give you an antivenom. And for brown recluse bites, the problem is often you're not going to know that this is what bit you until days later. And if you have more than a small local reaction to a bite, and you don't know what bit you, then you should get evaluated by a physician. Uh, brown recluse bites may cause a black or dark purple um, center in the middle of a large blister or ulcer, uh, but that tissue damage is caused by the venom. And if you see that type of appearance, you really should seek medical care immediately. Uh, there are some treatments for that. There's an old drug called Dapsone that's been used occasionally uh, and some other things. Uh, because part of the, the brown recluse bite is that your immune system actually can contribute to the damage. Um, and with a normal spider bite, you know, you may get fever and chills. And if you don't know what bit you and you have a place on your skin like we discussed, then you may need antibiotics um, or some other medication. So anytime you have a, a bite or a sting that affects your breathing um, or some other, you know, systemic thing like chills, you need to seek medical care immediately. Okay, Dr. Forrest, let's, uh, let's shift gears and we'll go from the creepy crawlies to those flying insects. What should we know about stings from flying insects like bees? Generally speaking, these type insects do not cause long-term or serious health problems in most people. Normally, if you get stung by one of these and you're not allergic, uh, then using some antihistamines, cooling the area off, uh, and making sure any stingers are removed are enough to prevent severe symptoms. Uh, you also can take anti-inflammatory medication like Advil or Aleve if you don't have some medical reason not to. Uh, this can help the pain and swelling that go along with these types of stings. And if you're stung by a honeybee in particular, it's important to make sure you get the stinger out to decrease the amount of venom and reaction. Um, it's important that you don't use tweezers or another device that might squeeze that and squeeze more venom into the wound. Instead, use either, you know, a fingernail or something flat like a credit card to sort of gently scrape across the skin from the side to remove the stinger because uh, you don't want to press it further or put any pressure down on the stinger. And in people who are allergic, you know, these things can be deadly because of a condition known as anaphylaxis. And this can cause people's airways to close up, make it difficult for them to breathe. And, you know, if you are allergic and you get stung, you either need to use an anaphylaxis kit, which your doctor would have prescribed for you, or immediately call 911. And even if you use the kit, you should still receive medical attention as soon as possible to make sure the reaction is controlled. Most of those kits contain some sort of an EpiPen, which a lot of people have heard about in recent years. Um, and make sure that you ask your physician about less expensive options of the EpiPen uh, because those have been made available and they're equally effective. He is Dr. Brian Forrest, board-certified family physician. I'm Mike Davis. This is Access Health Radio. We come your way each Sunday at this time on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. We're talking about bee stings, tick bites, things like that. Speaking of which, Dr. Forrest, what are some diseases from ticks, and what should people know about them, especially this time of year? Well, first, especially in our state, we need to talk about Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. This is a deadly disease and our state has more of it than most. 
it is mostly transmitted by the dog tick and symptoms can include stomach pain, fever, headache, a rash, uh, nausea, vomiting, or, you know, lack of appetite. And if you get bitten by a tick, you want to try to remove it intact without leaving the mouth parts in. And there are devices that you can slip under the tick called tick keys. Those work well. You can usually find those at outdoor stores. Um, with tweezers, you just want to uh, make sure you don't squeeze the body of the tick. And you should only remove it that way if you can firmly grasp the head and pull straight out. Uh, bring the tick with you to your doctor's office so they can help identify what type it is. And with Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, the thing that might really surprise listeners is that most people do not actually get the spotted rash. So you can't rely on that to determine if you have Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever or not. And also, you know, because it's so deadly, if you have any of those mentioned symptoms and you've been bitten by this tick, most physicians are going to go ahead and put you on the antibiotic doxycycline um, that treats most tick diseases and can be life-saving if it's given early. They're, they're probably not going to want to wait to do a test on you, uh, before you uh, before they give you that antibiotic. And you also do not want to wait on testing um, at all because, you know, by the time the test results come back, uh, it might be too late. So, you know, another common tick disease in North Carolina uh, that's rare here um, is Lyme disease. And there's a lot of inaccurate information about Lyme disease out in the public. The truth is Lyme disease does occur in North Carolina, but it's much less frequently than in the Northeast. And many times we have patients come in and they say they've been bitten by a tick and they want to be tested for Lyme disease. And, you know, in the past 18 years of testing people, uh, actually more than that, maybe going on 20 now, uh, I don't think I've ever had a Lyme disease test come back positive in that situation. Uh, the only people that have tested positive for Lyme disease were people that had been in the Northeast and they may have had an exposure there, but not those who just recently got bitten in North Carolina. And lastly, disease from ticks that nobody ever really talks about is called ehrlichiosis. Uh, it is much more common than Lyme disease or Rocky Mountain spotted fever, but the symptoms are milder and it's not generally dangerous. It gives people flu-like symptoms and often they just think they have some type of viral bug and then it passes. So what I want listeners to remember is that if they get bitten by a tick and they have any symptoms associated with that, they should see their physician and I and strongly consider treatment with doxycycline because it can prevent and treat Rocky Mountain spotted fever, Lyme disease and ehrlichiosis. So, uh, you know, if you get doxycycline, you've been bitten by a tick and you've got symptoms, uh, there's a good chance that's going to knock it out, whatever tick disease it would possibly be. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. We'll be back in just a moment here on Access Health Radio. Lots of great information today, Dr. Forrest here on Access Health Radio, but we're all out of time. That's right. Our scripture for today comes from Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Thanks, and we look forward to joining you again next week on Access Health Radio at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.